Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and help get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's so ready to go to sleep, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's like the heat is oppressive. I don't know if um, life uh, is oppressive after three months of quarantine and, and whatever's going on. But like, I'm just tired, man. And, and I don't even have kids, Gerald. I'm just, I'm just tired. My wife started having what they call practice contractions, which is way too soon because we're like six weeks out. And I was like, no, I'm not. I still got to paint that room. Like, let's not do this. Let's not do this now. Uh, so. It's fine. It, I'm not terrified at all, and I'm not going to spend uh, all Father's Day weekend prepping to have a baby. It's totally fine. No. So we are continuing our preview of the uh, the season, the season that hopefully will happen, uh, even though more and more Texas football players are testing positive for COVID. But that's another uh, another conversation for another day, which makes me very, very sad to have. So we are 79 days away from a alleged kickoff with all the COVID testing happening at the University of Texas currently, but we're continuing to be hopeful that football will happen in fewer than 80 days. And so we are in week three of our season preview podcast, and we have the pleasure of having Isaiah Ramirez, who's a sports editor for the UTEP Prospector and a reporter for 600 ESPN out there in El Paso to help us preview uh, the UTEP game for week three. Man, Isaiah, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Is it is it swelteringly hot in El Paso? In Houston, it's hot. I'm sure in Oklahoma, it's probably hot. How's the uh, how's the weather out there in the mountains? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely hot out here. Um, El Paso is known for its kind of uh, bipolar weather, you could say, <laughs> but it's always been hot here. We're the Sun City. I got you. I uh, got don't you. have to worry about the humidity out there, um, like you guys, but definitely hot well you you know listeners across the country one of my favorite facts is that if you were to leave to try to drive to houston it would take you longer than it would for you to leave and drive to los angeles from el paso that's just how big our stinking state is but on opposite corners we're still both sitting in texas right now oh of course no texas is a huge state my i have family from from the northeast and they would all like come down and be like hey let's drive to and insert a other city in texas and i'm like you know that's like six hours right we're not no El Paso's not an afternoon. No, that's 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. You got to rethink those road trips. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not at all. So this is the first time Texas and UTEP have faced off since 2016. Um, the pride of the fighting donkeys, Aaron Jones, that's my fantasy football team, uh, went 18 carries for 123 yards and a score the last time they, uh, they met up. Uh, Dana Dimmel is entering his third season as UTEP's coach. Uh, been a struggle the first two years, um, but again, he's I think trying to turn around what's been going on. Uh, let's start with the offense. I think is a good place to start. Uh, last year they struggled again, 116th in the nation in total yardage, 119th in scoring offense. Uh, it was the best showing though by the offense in three years. So, do you think that? Uh, the offense continues to kind of push forward, or what are you hoping to see from the offense in 2020? You know, definitely just from the season ago, as you alluded to, um, it's definitely a rebuilding process out here. 
in El Paso as far as the minors go. Um, Dana Demo is obviously, you know, just he was given just a bad plate to begin with with a winless team. Um, you know, this offense is, is it something that I want to see improve minorly. You know, we definitely got a young core, people that we've lost uh, due to graduation and last season, definitely due to injuries. Um, but it's just a matter of closing out games. That's what I want to see. You know, there were some games that I saw, you know, there was a homecoming game against UTSA. It was 16 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. And then after that, they ended up losing by 10 points. It's just a matter of just learning uh, to find their identity as this young team. You know, they're definitely going to have some games. Early schedule is going to be tough. You know, we got Tech and we got Nevada. We got some tough opponents coming in um, and on the road. So I think just as far as the offense goes, it's definitely going to be just be a matter of just learning how to just mix the younger talent with the older talent and um, just learning from there. And I think when we do these and we talk about the offense, we often start with a quarterback. The reason we kind of started generally this time is because I think there's some question marks there. You talked about young players and old players. I think you have a lot of them uh, across the quarterback position, right? Gavin Hardinson might be the the guy he redshirted last year, but also you have TJ Goodwin and a couple other. Do you have any indication who the QB under center will be when they – when the miners come to Austin? I think undoubtedly it's, the future is going to be Gavis, Gavin Hardison. You know, he was plugged in for two games. Um, then they redshirted him. He did throw for 336 yards. I mean, uh, in those two games uh, combined, but there's going to be some standouts coming in and, and TJ Goodwin, you know, last season, he didn't get any playing time. You know, he was learning under Gavison uh, Hardison. And then he also got the seniors that were playing last season. He got Kyle Loxley, who I believe Dana Demo kind of looked at, you know, as like a dual threat quarterback, the one that he had at, at K-State, when he was an um, officer coordinator, he had, you know, Colin Klein. He was kind of hoping, I'm nowhere near saying that Kyle Oxy was near the talent of Colin Klein. Um, but, you know, uh, he was hoping for somebody that can make the plays on the run and be able to throw the ball as well. So, um, Gavin Harsin, I don't believe he's a throw-threat quarterback, but he does have the arm strength um, just to, you know, maintain this offense. Um, we also do have Isaiah Bravo, who can also um, throw the ball, you know, deep down the field if you need him to. Um, but as far as I, you know, I think Gavin Harson is going to be the future, but don't be surprised if TJ Goodwin steps in and, you know, he can be able to mid season, make some surprises. Nice. Nice. I know. I remember Kyle Loxley. I don't know if his Twitter is still ASAP locks from his time at UT. Uh, he was, I want to say as entertaining on the social media back then, this was an 18 year old as he was on the field. So I don't, I don't, uh, I haven't followed his career uh especially since he left but he's a name that longhorn fans especially those who follow recruiting very closely where he was a big recruit uh will will remember but so that that's an interesting uh an interesting look at at the quarterback room um i i i feel like though that the offense that texas is going to see is probably um is probably going to be less impacted from the passing game on who's throwing it and and more on on who's catching it with the uh the receivers coming back that you have tell tell us about who's uh, who who you have out wide in the receiver room room well the fortunate part is that we know we even though we got our two returning uh receivers and Jacob Cowling and Justin Garrett Cowling's an outstanding freshman you know by the way he led the team in receiving yards and uh, he's going to be you know a star for us but we did lose two of our receivers and Trishon Wolf and uh, Devon Cooper to the transfer portal. You know, Wolf is a guy who was a walk on and he just ended up being in the number one slot last season, but he decided to take his talents. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say it's Incarnate Word. That's where he ended up. Yeah, for sure. Incarnate Word. And, um, but, you know, you do got Garrett and, and Cowie who are going to be two wideouts, hopefully, that, you know, um, make an impact for us. And they're going to be guys who definitely have some speed, you know, uh, prior to, to them coming in. The wide receiver position has always been a question mark coming into. Um, any youth at football season. But I think with these guys moving forward, it's going to be 
two players that, you know, the quarterback can definitely rely on. Another guy that perhaps the, the offense can rely on is uh, running back, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Quadres Wadley. How'd I do? Qu- quadres. Quadres. Ah, quadres. Yeah, kind of like the, the, the leg part. You just say the quad, and then you just kind of go from there. Got it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Love it. So uh, two years ago, two seasons ago, uh, put up 627 yards and yeah. seven touchdowns, uh, but missed all of last year with a toe injury. Uh, he'll be back along with uh, Deion Hankins, uh, a shifty senior in, in Joshua Fields, and then there's kind of like a, a – a slew of guys back there that could potentially all get carry. So is there one that sticks out from the committee or do you expect this to be a pretty uh, even work share in 2020? You know, I believe it's going to be somewhat of an even work share, um, but I do expect Wally to get, you know, a large amount of the carries considering that he missed last season and he wants to go out and improve a point. I know once he had that injury, a big part of it was, you know, um, just talking to him was, you know, he wants to come back and just make a, a season, you know, that he messed up for um, that he missed. And, but, you know, all these little guys, they're all passive products and they want to go out and they want to, you know, make an impact. You got Ray Flotis, um, who came out from a local high school. You got Deion Hankins, who I expect is going to stand out besides Wally. You know, last season, I wanted him to get a lot more carries. He only got, you know, a couple um, carries here and there for not, not the yards that he expected to get. Um, but he's all-time rusher here in El Paso. He's going to have definitely a lot of people, you know, rooting on his side to, to hopefully be, you know, not the next coming of Aaron Jones, but something close to that. You know, he's definitely got the the size. I believe he's about 5'10", about 2'10". So he's going to come in. He's his bruising bag, definitely hard to take down, you know. Um, and the carries that I saw, you know, it took about two or three guys just to get that get that guy down. So I expect uh, Hankins to to go out there and, and um, surprise a lot of people. I expect that. So for the offensive side, I think we, we know areas where it can improve. For the defensive side, I'll, I'll be very curious to what you have to say. I know last year, just looking at it, they just they they couldn't get in the backfield, right? Zero pass rush, uh, not making plays in the backfield. I think um, you know uh, over 200 yards uh, per game given up against the run. Um, not great in the stats against you know tackles for loss. Uh, who on the defense can you know? step up for a unit that finished actually dead last in the nation in tackles for loss last year and, and change that narrative, uh, linebacker, defensive line, who are you looking for, uh, who can get in the backfield this season? Um, I expect, I expect praise, uh, this name is, I'm a butcher. Definitely. You know, I definitely, whenever I interview him, I always, you know, mix it up because it's just hard to pronounce, but <laughs> I'm, uh, Emu Wele, Emu Wele. I'm gonna go with that. Um, haven't really figured out exactly how to pronounce it, we don't but, um, <laughs> yeah, it might be completely different. But uh, he's definitely going to be a guy. He led us uh, in uh, tackles for loss last season with, you know, five. And uh, he's definitely a guy who's going to be somebody who the defense can rely on. You know, the defense has been something that it's uh, it's it just depends, you know, on the year. But I definitely did. Dan Dimble's first year, it was something that was kind of stable in the sense, you know, we had Nick Needham, who's over there in Miami now, playing for the Dolphins. Uh, we had a pretty stable cornerback, uh, you know, tandem in him and Kalon Beverly. Um, and you're going to expect some of that, too, from this season. We got returning Justin Prince, who's a name that I think you might be able to stand out this year. And then you also got uh, Josh Caldwell. So it's going to be kind of a, you know, a mixed match with those guys right there. But I definitely expect Praise to go in there. He's, he's a big bruising D-line, D-lineman. And he's going to be somebody that, uh, you know, the, the line only had 12 sacks, which was, you know, very, very uh, poor uh, as far as college football goes. So it's going to be something that, you know, we're going to be able to improve on the run game, definitely with him at the forefront. And um, those are definitely the main one that I expect to um, to step up for the defense. I love it. So on, on the defense, you mentioned the the cornerbacks that you've got, uh, but the top three tacklers from last year were all the safeties, and those guys are, are going to need to be replaced. So as you look at 
Corners, you feel like, are solid, but who's going to be that next uh, line of defense? Who's going to be the, the people that step up defensively? You know, besides the safeties goes, you know, it just depends on, if we did get a lot of Juco's guys going in, you know, I can't say just right now who's, you know, because the, these guys, you know, uh, as far as recruiting goes, Dibble went in and he got a lot of Juco heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, uh, from what I've seen so far, I mean, there's nobody that really jumps out on my name. You know, I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, That's as far as defense goes, yeah. You know, definitely defense is something that we got to step up on, but he did go a lot of Juco heavy. That's mostly where our, our recruiting class was. Um, but as far as, you know, we're going to have to just keep an eye on that one. As right be in- now. It'll be interesting. It'll be right? interesting. Kansas State made a, uh, you know, a livelihood on on uh, bringing in Juco guys and Demo obviously a big part of that. You know, if you can get a couple that click, can make all the difference. And so speaking of Demo, right, we, you know, he's a guy who's been kind of a turnaround artist in his career. His first head coaching job, he kind of brought Wyoming to, to relevance. Um, you know, he was the guy who immediately preceded Art Bryles at, at U of H and a lot of those recruits that Bryles had initial success with were, were from him. Um, then, you know, under Kansas State, the second time under Snyder, really bringing them to a nationally relevant program. Uh, yet again, he, uh, he he comes in here and he's in his third year. What what do you think is the single biggest thing to get him some success if it's not immediately this year, but what you're watching to say, I see this team improving, I see signs of success. What's the one thing that you'll be measuring the team or watching closely uh, or, or that you'll be looking for? No, in the last game against um, – in the last home game of the season, you know, a lot of things that he alluded to was the success of, you know, his tenure is not going to be me- measured by wins and losses. is going to be how the team improves. And, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, this is a rebuilding school. This is something that's going to – it's not going to be instant. You know, even though fans here in El Paso, we want to see them win. We want to see, you know, a lot of success. But as far as the way I view this team in the past two seasons, you know, I started off covering them in Dimmel's first season. And right off the bat, I could tell that this is a team that just wants to just make the city proud. But as far as the success goes, I think it's going to be measured about who can, you know, definitely be one that stands out from the bunch, whether that be offense or defense. I expect a lot of young guys just to be able to to be some bright spots there. Um, but, you know, as far as just looking into this season, I think it's going to be definitely tough because we have one of the toughest opening schedules and we haven't won a conference game in two years. So, you know, it's going to be something that it's, it's going to be something that's going to be, you know, a long process, as I, as I mentioned. Um, but I think it's just going to be a matter of these guys learning how to gel together. You know, we, unfortunately we just don't know the feeling of winning, <laughs> you know? So once we feel that, uh, momentum brewing and seeing that, okay, we can make some, some impact here in the conference that is a lot tougher than people think, you know, we got some, some powerhouses and, um, in law tech and we got, um, you know, Charlotte and some other, you know, up and coming uh, programs. But I think it's just a matter of this team learning how to win and learning how to just come together because that's what I've seen. You know, once they, Unfortunately, you know, our first big win, our only win last year was against uh, Houston Baptist. And even at that, it was a two point win. And just being in that, you know, post game interview, they just felt, you know, the energy. So I think once we get that energy going, I think it's going to be something that is going to be um, pretty, pretty nice to see. That's a good note to end on for the 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 formal portion of the interview. So at the end of this, we like to do, uh, we didn't prepare you for this, but we've got some kind of off the wall, ridiculous questions that we want to take a moment to ask you just to see how you feel. Um, Sounds like fun. Kyle, Kyle named it the hooked him round and I'm not super in love with it, but we're three episodes in. So we got to go with it. Uh, so, a theme that I've been carrying for the last couple of weeks is that I've been trying to find a, a famous alum uh, from each of these schools that also happened to be a professional wrestler, and I am three for three. Uh, WWF champion Blackjack Mulligan was actually a football player for Texas Western way back when. Um, so what I would like to ask you in the spirit of that, 
Who is the UTEP player that is most likely to have a future as a professional wrestler? Okay, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. Now I'm a big WWF fan. I didn't even know that about Blackjack, so that's pretty cool to know. Um, man, just looking at this roster, we definitely got some, some big boys up front in the D-line. Um, as far as charisma goes, you know, there's not many guys that stand out. To be a WWE wrestler, you got to have charisma. You got to have promo skills. Um, the shoot. You got to work the shoot, you know. Uh, <laughs> just looking at it, I think just based off of natural talent, I got to say Deion Hankins. Just because I think he can, you know, run the ropes and he can maybe do some flips here and there. He's a stout dude. Um, looking just natural athletic ability. It's probably him. So I'm, I'm trying to have to go with, with Dion. And he seems like, you know, uh, it's a pretty chill guy. Um, maybe... I think, uh, yeah, let's go with Dion. Let's go with Dion. All right. Love it. Uh, the, uh, we actually watched last night the 1996 Survivor Series that was The Rock's uh, very first debut match, and in it was the son of Blackjack, who himself was a WWE Hall of Famer. I'm trying to think what his name was. He was one of the four horsemen uh, back in the, like, 80s. So he's old, old, right? His son was retiring in the early 90s. But, uh, you know, we had to, had to find some tape on famous UTEP alums there. So I, I have uh, I have been to El Paso a few times. Uh, driving through, I've stayed the night. I've been out to visit a couple different times. Uh, I was recently there for good friend of the podcast, friend of both Gerald and I, had a bachelor party in Riodoso. I flew to New Mexico and drove out to Riodoso. So I only got a couple meals in El Paso, but I went to the what I thought is the most famous one. I got off the bucket list, Chico's Tacos. For our listeners who uh, who maybe haven't been to El Paso and maybe might be passing through and need to have one meal, and it could be Chico's if you want it to be, but have one meal to spend in El Paso, where would you direct them? You know, most people would say Chico's, which for those who don't know, it's definitely just one of the best taco spots. A lot of people out here, they get tired of it, um, but it's great. <laughs> it's, it's something about the sauce, which is secret, I've heard. I don't know what the exact ingredients is, but okay. I would have to say L&J's Cafe, which is... Um, kind of near it's actually nearby utep it's in downtown pretty much downtown el paso uh great mexican food spot they got some great tacos uh chicken enchiladas if nice. you're into that they also got some uh, i'm 21 so they you know got some good uh margaritas if you <laughs> if you uh just are 21 so you know i'm enjoying some of those but um that's definitely one spot l and j's cafe um it's also another popular spot like like chico's tacos so definitely go out there very nice noted okay so another another weird one so um pay dirt pete is a kind of a figment of my nightmares. If you don't know who Paydirt Pete, don't do yourself a favor and uh, Google Paydirt Pete. Uh, it's L- it's a whole thing, dear listeners. Yeah, it gets your visual yeah. to go with this question. So Tom Selicky looking mascot for UTEP, big mustache, football pads, uh, pickaxe, the whole nine. So um, another buff. UTEP, uh, or I guess El Pasoan. Uh, I don't know. Is that what call people from El Paso? El Pasoans? Yeah, El Pasoan. We'll go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, is, Texan, Texan. <laughs> is, for, is NFL referee Ed Hockley, uh, who is muscle bound. So if, if Paydirt Pete and Ed Hockley had to square off, who, who, who you put your money on? And I'm, I'm have to Google Ed Hockley right now, but I'm gonna go with your, you know, uh, reference that he's a big stout dude. Uh, but Peter Pete, you know, I don't know what he looks like under the mask. You know, it's not like high school where you know what the mascot looks like. But just <laughs> based off of just uh, what I've heard, I probably have to go with probably have to go with Ed. Um, Peter, Pete, I presume all mascots are not in the best shape physically. <laughs> um, maybe car- cardiovascular-wise, yes. You know, they got to run up and down. But um, 
I, I'll go with Ed. I'll go with Ed. Fair enough. Do, do yourself a favor. To, to, we have a lot of young listeners who are in college. If you don't know who Ed Oculey is, he was a ref who just retired recently from the NFL for like 15 years, was the head ref of the NFL, and just had these enormous biceps. He would call penalties just to like see the veins in his arms pop out. So uh, you're probably spot on with that one there. So I do want to talk in closing here about the school, right? The, the state college Mines and Metallurgy became Texas Western, which we all know for the famous basketball team, now became UTEP in its own right has had some famous sports related alumni. So if you could only pick one, you know, Tim Hardaway, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, who we talked about, uh, Seth Joyner, Nate Tiny Archibald. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a, a bunch. I mean, maybe even it could be sports uh, entertainment uh, commentators like Mia Khalifa. Who would you name as your single person if you could sit down and have a conversation with just about sports in general? Your number one UTEP famous sports alumni who you would want a one-on-one uh, conversation with. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not going to touch on the Mia Khalifa, the great sportscaster, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to definitely let's see. I you know, Aaron Jones is pretty much a laid back dude. Um, have interviewed him a couple of times. So I've, I've talked to him. I would want to talk to Bobby Joel Hill, which is the point guard from the, um, unfortunately he did pass away, but he's a point guard from the glory road team. The oh, one that won the national championship. Um, you know, one of the best players to come through UTEP. So I've seen, you know, it wasn't during my time, <laughs> but uh, definitely one of the, the top guys. And you're talking about, you know, the minor basketball program, definitely Bobby Joel Hill. Um, Definitely got to be the one I want to sit down and talk to. That's a great answer. That's awesome. You you, you handled that curveball that Kyle threw at you very, very well. <laughs> so, Isaiah, man, thank you so much for taking some time. If people want to uh, connect with you on social media, see what you got going on, man, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on uh, Twitter. It's going to be uh, underscore Isaiah Ramirez one at the end, the number one. And uh, they can also find me on Instagram, which also has my my links to my uh, prospect articles on there. It's going to be uh, double underscore Isaiah Ramirez. And uh, if you want to find the UTEP Prospector, which has, you know, plenty of great uh, sports-related events that we cover here in the Sun City, it's going to be uh, theprospectordaily.com on there as well. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out. I know uh, we're all so busy with all the things and the activities we can do nowadays. But (laughs) thank you for taking some time, man, and hang out with us. Oh, no problem. I I had a lot of fun. I appreciate the the time, and uh, it was great meeting you guys. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again soon. Thank you. So a quick show this week. We will uh, we will do one final segment here. I know you've all been wondering what are those uh, wily guys up to. What are the hosts watching on TV and named after the segment of watching the football games on the most giant uh, at the time uh, television screen in college football. The segment called Godzilla Tron. Gerald, what are you watching? So I have been watching. I got I, I'll say it like this. I got access to HBO Max. And uh, it has, like, the HBO catalog and a bunch of uh, backlog. But my wife and I went back, uh, and this is probably a mistake in hindsight, but we watched Black Klansman just because that movie's so, so good. Um, I had to... My wife didn't know that that was Denzel's son, and so I had to, like, remind... It was, like, one of those, oh, yeah, that is him. And then when he starts talking, you realize it. But great movie. Uh, Also, fun fact about that movie. Topher Grace, so stressed out by playing... uh, David Duke that he his hobby is re-editing bad movies and so he re-edited all three of the Hobbit movies into one two-hour movie and had a screening for his friends to de-stress. 
Gerald, give give the listeners and like myself who are still confused. I know HBO is changing it from like thirteen different titles. Um, HBO Now, HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO. Uh, you know the Ocho. Please let folks know what is HBO Max in case they want to shell out whatever the amount is or find a friend with a login. I so I don't know. I just got an email from <laughs> a friend with a login that was like, "Hey." Download this. So you're just login as before. (laughs) You're on one specific show you're watching. You haven't explored the depths yet. No. So it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of their full catalog of whatever they're showing on TV. Plus all of like the, so the really, the value for me in HBO max comes from the fact that they have all of the fresh Prince of Bel Air on there. And so uh, my wife and I did start rewatching that as well. um, Which old fresh Prince, very, very good. Nice. Uh, Very, very good. That's that's big. Yeah, I, I think I you know, I did I hear that Friends is also going on there, I think. That like, is where I so I don't watch Friends. I've yeah. watched Friends vicariously through my wife three times, but I've never actually <laughs> sat down and watched an episode of Friends. Yeah, I, I I uh similarly with my mom growing up as a kid, she would watch it and so I'd catch some when I wanted it an excuse not to be in bed, you know, and she had it on. It's like, Oh yeah, I'll watch Friends. That's a chance for me not to have to go to bed yet. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen the, the full show all the way through in any way. I've seen a good chunk, but, um, all right, that's, that's good. Um, so I will, um, I will dive in here with a, with a couple quick hitters and, and all of them have a sports, um, bent this week, which they don't always. And I promise you guys, I, I, I entertain myself, uh, outside of sports and you all should too. If you only watch sports, please, please watch something, something else. Um, and it's probably been tough for you the past couple months, but um, I've watched a couple shows. Um, and the first one is uh, called Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix, and it is fantastic. You do not have to be a fan, a fan of English football. It helps to give some of the nuance and to know it, which I myself am. Um, but uh, it, it's basically, you know, the the story like a last chance you um, equivalent of a English. Uh, football team they were a premier league team for many many years most of my um time watching uh english football and who has gone through a a some tough times um and basically it's the behind the scenes as they keep falling down first from the 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 second and into the third tier of english football they have relegation system um and just like this small like very sad working class blue collar town dealing with like all of their hopes and dreams like literally they wear Sunderland jerseys to church and pray for the team like it's not an exaggeration there are people they show coffins you know they get buried in their their team I mean they they take this stuff uh immensely seriously not the college football fans who listen to the show would, would um you know they're probably scoffing and say ah, yeah I got that it is similar to the fanaticism that surrounds uh college football of course but it's just such an interesting like where last chance you is the uplifting American like you know, you can do it story. It is so very British and that it's like just bleak and like people get enjoyment from just like <laughs> cackling at the, at the misfortunes. Um, uh, but it's wonderful. Everyone should watch it. It's great. Um, the accents are amazing. Um, so I've watched that obviously today, uh, or if you're listening to this on Tuesday, of course, yesterday, Monday was the return of English premier league. So I did watch some of that, um, as well. So that will be fun to have sports coming back. We'll be watching more, of that, so in addition to those two things, I also watched a show that's um, been in the 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 annals for years. It's called The Game. Uh, originally, I think it was a UPN property. Uh, then uh, ultimately, it is streamed by uh, BET, where the show finished. Um, it is a, a show that really focuses. I say it's a sports-related show. Um, 
it, it basically is a football show about football players and, and probably more so their relationship with their wives um, off of the field. And literally it is the scenes of they run off the field. Yeah, we won the game or, oh, we lost the game. And it's everything else in a football player's life. It's a comedy. It's not like documentary. It's not serious. Uh, they're like 15 to 21 minute episodes. It is so cheesy, so light, but there's actually some real good laughs in it. Uh, I'll be honest. And I looked at some of the, uh, some of the like people who wrote for it. Um, like, you know, there's, uh, the creator of blackish was a writer for it. And, um, like, I think, I think Prentice Penny or some of the insecure people. So like some of the, the funniest shows on TV now, um, some of these writers got their start. So check out, uh, the game it's streaming on Hulu and it is so, light and easy and ridiculous and fun and keyword ridiculous. I did not realize how long that show was on the air. Yeah. Like I just Googled it while you were talking yeah. nine seasons. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. That, like I had not heard the UPN network <laughs> mentioned in probably 15 years, Kyle, <laughs> like craziness. I I'm, I'm shook. The, Absolutely shook. The WB. I mean, it, I think when it started, it was like the WB and then UPN, whichever one came first. It was both of them uh, before it went away, and then BET brought it back. It's a spinoff of Go- Girlfriends, to give you uh, the idea, and it stars one of, I believe, Tia uh, of the Maori twins, and also uh, also has Smart Guy. He he makes a cameo, I'm like on episode twelve or something, and he's also her brother in that show. Um, you you owe it to yourself if you want. To have like no thinking, like a, a you know a palate cleanser show in between uh, some other things. It stars a, um, a guy named Pooch Hall as the main character, Derwin Davis, a rookie player uh, in all the rookie hazing he goes through. I'm only one season in, so maybe it, it changes, but uh, it's ridiculous and it's terrible and it's awesome. Okay, good to know. <laughs> good to know. That's I'll it for me. To, <laughs> I'll have to continue to ignore it. That's all we've got for you <laughs> this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Happy Father's Day, G. Mm-hmm.